Hi, and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real life HR situations we face every day. Joining me on the podcast today is John Newton, president and consultant at John Newton and Associates, friend of mine and really pivotal in my own pursuit of my SHRM SCP certification. So John, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast with me today. Oh, Sherry, I'm so honored to be asking what great work you're doing. So thank you very much. Awesome. Well, maybe we could start with you sharing a little bit about your background and your experience in the HR space. Certainly. I've been pretty much an HR professional my entire career, both as a practitioner, you know, with jobs for companies as an HR professional and then running my own HR business. Um, but I have been from a, a practitioner standpoint, I've been everything from a vice president of a software company in HR to a chief human resource officer for a healthcare company. So I've got kind of that those fancy titles, but truly you know, so many of those roles were doing living and breathing the world of HR. And now in my business today, I have clients that are both national and international presidents that are in industries from um, banking to transportation, um, public and private. And so when you hear me talk, let me just tell you is, you know, I have the 20 plus years of experience, but more importantly, I so still have the passion of what we do as HR professionals. And then you also have your side hustle of just teaching how to prepare for these tests. It's a total side hustle. And I think that's one of the things we're here to do. While I'm not here officially to represent, I actually do work for two universities, DePaul University, um, based in Chicago, Illinois, and then Northern Illinois University, based out in DeKalb, Illinois. And then I teach um, many of the prep courses, some I think what we're going to talk about today, both throughout the state and then also virtually online. So when I was deciding what to do for my HR education, I decided to go the MBA route and then a master's of human resource management. But I always felt like I was missing that certification part. And that's really why I decided to pursue that. I'd love to hear your perspective because there's two big names out there when it comes to HR certification, right? There's the HRCI certification that gets you the PHR and SPHR, and there's some other designations, which I don't know all the top of my head. And then there's your SHRM where you're getting your CP and your SCP. What are the pros and cons do you see between those two certification types? You know, it's a great question. And Sherry, if you don't mind, if we offer him for one moment, I do think it's important to talk to people about as they're planning their career, does a master's in HR make sense as well? You know, and I always say to people from my perspective, I'm a big fan of education. I work in higher ed. A lot of my clients are in higher ed. Um, and I think to your point, look at, look at how successful you've been. I think that that certainly is a track for people. And I don't think it has to be either or, but I do want people to understand that if they don't have their um, master's, for example, that going the certification route can also open doors that maybe they're unaware of. And I like people to think about the financial investment of your master's to show me how you're going to earn that back. I mean, we love education, but also show me how you're going to earn that back before you invest the $60,000, $80,000 in a, in a master's. So love it all for it. But certification becomes another tool. So I know that wasn't the answer to your question. So now the question about certification, why don't you just kind of refocus me and I'll answer that question. Yeah. If you're thinking of doing HRCI or SHRM, pros and cons of each. 
Sure. And I don't know if we said it officially, so we'll be we'll be very official. Human Resource Certification Institute or SHRM Society for Human Resource Management, HRCI and SHRM. I'm sure anybody listening is like, oh, John, we know that. You know, the, the short answer is they're both incredible. So enough about this sort of this one or this one, you know what I mean? Like from that perspective, people, I think we get a little um, nervous about um, which one is, is better for one. So as far as the difference, and, and I should make sure I'm not officially representing either of those agencies, but because I teach prep classes, I'm intimately aware of them. Human Resource Certification Institute has been the go-to certification for three or four decades plus, right? They've been around. People are very familiar with them. <clears throat> Excuse me. They have two primary United States certification, the Professional and Human Resources, or PHR, and the Senior Professional and Human Resources, SPHR. Recently, they've also created an, a truly entree to the world of HR certification called APHR for Associate Professional and Human Resources. Then, indeed, there are, there are others. There's a global certificate. There's a California-based one. But the PHR and the SPHR are the HRCI. And what they've been doing for 40 years is, pre is preparing to designate through certification that people who have these certificates know of what they speak. They know the facts of HR and they know how to apply that, that knowledge. The SHRM certification, which is the SHRM CP Certified Professional or SHRM SCP Senior Certified Professional is newer. It's around five years or so. And they actually, at one point, Sherman HRCI were, were sort of a connected entity, and, and, and then they, 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 they diverted. And what Sherm offers is, and again, I'm speaking for John from my point of view, not as a Sherm rep, um, there's two big things that their CP and SCP offer, which is a little different than the HRCI. One is the this competency piece they really focus this year they rolled out nine behavioral competencies that the hr professional needs to know in order to be successful in their job and help others be successful in their jobs and number two this global stamp if you're certified with the sherm cp or sherm scp you have a stamp of a global hr professional you can work in the global environment so why don't I pause there and kind of have you ask me, where would you like me to sort of dive in on any of that, Sherry? Yeah, I think I think that was actually a really great overview. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the SHRM competencies. It used to be called the BOC, B-O-C-K. They just changed it to um, BAC, B-A-C-K. S, actually Basque, sorry. Um, so that's definitely something to look at. If you have your SHRM certification already, highly encourage you to go back and look at their competency model because it's changed a little bit. Um, is there any, besides the global designation on the SHRM side, is there any difference between tactical versus strategic as you look at either of these certificates in your experience? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question and consideration for people as they choose their certificates. They're, the PHR and the CP are you know, pretty closely aligned and the SPHR and the SCP are pretty closely aligned. And the general rule of thumb is if you're going to sit for the more senior certification, you need to know the tactical and the basic operational day-to-day -day work, the knowledge stuff, which is the PHR and the CP, where you become 
uh, more focused in the more senior uh, certification. And this doesn't mean senior um, as far as how many years. It really is your ability to think strategically, your ability to build long-term planning, your ability to do things like succession planning, your um, build great um, uh, strategic plans that make sense. And so when a person is thinking about even which level, let alone which ramp of exam, HRCI or SHRM, I think it's important to say to yourself, what is my exposure? If, if I live and breathe strategizing, if I live and breathe, I'm at the table with the chief executives, then I very likely am more prepared than maybe I anticipate to sit for the, the SPHR or the, the um, STP. But if you have a fancy title, but what you really do is you're a, you're a department of one or two, and so much of what you do is focused on recruiting and um, terminating and employee relations and comp and benefits, you might say to yourself, my gut says, let me start with my PHR, my CP, because that's what I live and breathe that operational day to day. I really like those examples. And I think it's a good way to get your feet wet in the certification space to go for that um, lower level certification if you're just not sure. Um, when you are thinking about studying for these tests, right? So I, I can speak to the SHRM test because that's the certification I have. It's a, you have four hours to take the test. Um, and that in itself, I was like, you want me to sit for four hours to take a test? I'm gonna, you're gonna lose me in 20 minutes. So when I went into studying, for me, what I thought was gonna be work, what I thought would work would be an on-site class. So this was pre-COVID. I think that's important to say. So an on-site class once a week, it was like 15 weeks and that's, that's what I did. And then I studied on top of that. Um, but there's a whole bunch of different ways to study for this test. You can do self-study, you can do hybrid, you can do a class. Um, what's been your experience and those you've helped kind of bring through this certification process, things that they should be thinking about? Cause everybody obviously has a different learning style. It's so interesting. And while Sherry didn't give me permission up front, I feel like she'll be okay. You know, if you use Sherry as an example, I remember you sitting down in day one and, you know, all of those nerves and there's jitters. And I'm really excited I did this, but oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? And I think we would both agree for this particular prep program, having the in-class experience for you made sense because of your learning style and your desire to really interact not only with the instructor, but with fellow students, you know, like sort of that live feel. Um, what I like people to think about is you really do need to assess, A, your, um, your learning style. Are you a person that needs the almost sort of the chauffeur along the way and they tell you when we can start and stop? Or are you pretty good about saying, just give me the end, you know, the end point and I'll get there because the synchronous classes, whether in person or online are much more directed, which much more specific milestones along the way. The asynchronous courses are, you know, maybe they'll say half time you need to be here. And then, you know, end of the course, you need to be here, but go for it, you know, and so I know like my own learning style, I need to be in a collaborative sort of environment in person or on online, but I just started um, some, I do some coaching with, she's just jumped into uh, an asynchronous class that I teach, which is basically she does her own thing and mild touch points. So I think one, what I would do is I would, I would ask other people as well. Hey, what's been your experience? Maybe go to the, some of these forums where people talk about their experience. 
the there is so much content on both tracks, you know, both levels, both tracks that you unless you know you are a person that can hold yourself accountable and also identify things that you don't know, you know, can you ask yourself the right questions about what you know and what you know you don't know, um, then I would say you'd probably want to be in a in-person or online class that's much more synchronous. But if you're like the person that my history is, I am so good at just give me something and I'll talk to you in six weeks or, or two months, then that asynchronous might might work, might be best for all of you. I will make one more plug for the for the in-person camaraderie that we built. There are a handful of people from our class that I'm still in contact with and have followed their careers and we've helped support each other along the way. So um, it always warms my heart when I see one of them get promoted or working on something new um, because I I was there when they were trying to learn some new things. So I think that's um, obviously a really cool piece of that. Um, If you're prepping for this test, how much time yourself? So let's say you know, you do do a, a course, but the course ends and then you're going to take the test. How much time do you allow for that? Is there a recommendation between, yeah, I finished studying and here when I take the test or I should be studying for this long before the test? With the universities that I, that I work with, we've done some anecdotal research, which is basically just tracking our, you know, on our phones and our, our laptops. We, so this isn't any, you know, great detailed research. But what we have found is there is a three-week divider line. Those people who, when they finish whatever prep program they're taking and however they're taking it, if they take their exam within three weeks, they are, they are more likely to pass than if they take their exam after three weeks. And what we've seen is anywhere from a 10% to over 20% drop in pass rates at that literal three-week divider. So post-prepping, pre-exam, I always encourage from both universities and what I've seen, a pretty quick turnaround. And the bottom reason for that, you know, Sherry, you know this and you probably can add to it, is you know, adults retain information, but it starts to slip. You know, every day you're not looking at it. And I think people expect that they're going to be these 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 animal studiers for three months after a prep program. And what happens is, you know, two months and three weeks, you know, later, the exams in a week, you're like, oh, gosh, darn it, I better start studying. And because that's human nature. So I would encourage a healthy post-prep program, three weeks of staying on ball, doing your studying and take that exam. Yeah, and not to mention, most people who are going through their certification are actually working in the HR space. So when you don't have that downtime, then you get inundated, and especially during this pandemic, you know, everything we've had to deal with, with COVID and PPP and FRCA and CARES and everything else that was thrown at us. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I, I I agree. I concur with your assessment there. Um when it comes to certification, you know, I think I've gotten asked this question before, and, and this is going to be an anecdotal, but will getting me certified get me paid more? What have you seen in that space? I'm going to give you the short answer and the long answer. The short answer is it better. <laughs> and the long answer is we used to really be able to track that. At one point, when I first started teaching the HRCI version, there were statistics out there about 5,000 more if you do this and 10,000 more if you do this. That's that's not something I personally have seen. And it's not to say those organizations have them and I haven't seen them. But um, I, think, I think it absolutely should help us secure 
not only the type of jobs we want, but the money we want to be making as well. So for example, maybe you're in a job you love, but you get that certification. You can go renegotiate. Can you up my base pay? Or can you at least give me a one-time $3,000 you know, bonus for the success story? Because ultimately what these certifications show your employers or potential employers is I know my stuff and I know my stuff as current as when I just became certified two weeks ago or two months ago. So, you know, I'm all about negotiation and I would say, I think not everything's about money. You know, I understand that, but my goodness, why would you not try and maximize it um, to make a little bit more money at your current or future jobs? And if I was hiring someone and they had their certification versus not, of course, I'd consider that in their total comp package. Do you know, and I didn't get a chance to look this up before we jumped on the call today, um, the current pass rates for both tests? So what, yeah, I I actually thought you might ask that. So I did a little bit of my own research. And by that is I I Googled. So I'm telling everyone listening to this, um, you know, this is is, as current and as accurate as what I could find. But it actually was from the websites of HRCI and SHRM. So I'm I'm pretty sure that we're we're pretty good. But um, based on... The Human Resource Certification Institute, um, this was as recent as last late end of last year. Um, their PHR pass rate is at 65% and their SPHR pass rate is at 58%. I'm a little bit lower, so 65 and 58. And then the SHRM, which also had about a 2021 date. So I think that's probably as current, at least as what I could find. Their certified professional um, was at a 67% um, pass rate, and their senior certified professional was at a 51. So if you want to compare it in a different way, PHR to CP, PHR 65, CP 67, very close. SPHR to SCP, SPHR 58%, SCP 51%. So there's a little bit more of a variance in that one. I'm glad, I'm glad you had those numbers because I think it's an important piece to understand what the pass rates are because how we started this conversation when it comes to preparing for these tests. Um, it's not like passing an exam in college or in high school. It's its own animal. And, um, you know, my experience, I took the the prep course. I didn't follow John's advice. I'll be totally honest. I ended up taking my test about a month and a half afterwards, but I had that stress that came from not taking it right after the class. So, um, I had to be heads down for at least two weeks to, to prepare again. Um, and I got into that testing room, like I said, it's four hours and I did mine in two hours and I was like, Oh no, I just bombed this test. Um, Thankfully, my study and my test prep actually very well prepared me for my for my test and I passed it the first try. But all that to say is that that investment that you need to put in into studying is so important. Absolutely. And, you know, you asked a question earlier about, you know, post, but during, I think it's important for people to understand, you know, there's an old school learning and development rule that for every hour you're in a coursework, you know, like a classroom environment, um, anticipate three hours outside of class in that same week, so to speak. So, you know, most of the programs I teach are typically a three, a a three hour once a week program, either in person or online. And so you figure nine hours outside of class. And I feel everybody is now just disconnected from our from our discussion, Sherry. They're all changing careers. 
and I don't want to scare people, right? But I do think it's important to simply say that there will be weeks that you, you consider yourself in boot camp of study prep, and there will be weeks where you're going to need to do more time than other weeks. But if you sort of start to average that out, this isn't something you can just go to a class and then say, boom, I'm done. You've got to be prepared to do the work during the program and after until you sit for a certification to optimize your chances of passing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, last question to wrap us up. Is there any other benefits we haven't talked about when it comes to being certified with either HRCI's certification or SHRM certification? No, it's such a great question. I think when I hear that that asked from you, Sherry, and you know, it's probably not as as hard line as could it help you find a job. But I think there's a couple of things. I think it helps people find work if they're if they're if they're looking, but it helps the people in jobs to um, just feel more comfortable that their knowledge is current. If you got your master's five years ago or you graduated college 10 years ago, it it, it kind of realigns people with the, um, the, the sense of I, I am current. I know the latest and greatest. But I think beyond that is this, I, you're joining a camaraderie of certified professionals and that cannot be understated. It just helps you sense that we're in this together. And if, you know, the COVID world in the last two years has taught us nothing else. It's how much we need each other. And I feel like getting certified is one more way of, you know, connective tissue of humanity and particularly in the human resource world of humanity. So whichever one decides to go for, whichever level, whichever certification organization, I think the idea of getting it will help your career. But I think intrinsically, it's going to make you feel more confident and excited and almost reinvigorate something of us in why we're in the business to start with. I would absolutely agree. And both have continuing education requirements to keep your certification current. So I really love that because it, it almost forces you to stay current once you've gotten the certification. I found for me that after going through the coursework, there was concepts I knew, but I might have not known the name for them or the history of them. And walking out, I had a lot more confidence when I was speaking about certain tactics because I knew the background as to why that was my gut way of approaching it. I was able to pull in, hey, we're going to use this leadership model. Or we're going to use this approach at something. So that was super helpful for me. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, John, thanks for taking a few minutes to talk certification. It was great having you on the podcast. Sherry, thank you so much. And to everybody listening, go get certified, whatever you have next to your name. It'll become part of your legacy and I'm all for it. So good luck, everyone. Thank you, Sherry. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.